Good afternoon and welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Drew Ray Perry. I am a wedding and portrait photographer in Tampa, Florida, and with me is Gary Hughes from Orlando. And we are going to talk about We haven't decided. We <laughs> we riff. We riff off of what's going on. Oh no, we have questions today. We right? do well, yeah, we didn't get a chance to get to them in the last episode, so I would like to uh get to at least one of those questions, but but what about what about how you doing today? How 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 am I doing today? Yeah. Before we talk about how I'm doing today, <laughs> let's give out the email address. Okay, our it's, email address is if you have any questions, questions at photobombpodcast.com. I have a hard time remembering that. I need to write that down. <laughs> Cuz instinctively I want to say my own my own email address, right? Just put it on a post-it on your keyboard. There you go. photobombpodcast.com and it, and it's uh, questions at photobombpodcast. Dot com. You can send us questions, concerns, comments, whatever you want to send in. We'd love to hear from you. How much you love us, how much you hate us. That's right. So we uh, have a question, uh, but before we talk about that, I do want to talk about the wedding that I had last week. I was shooting at a temple. Uh, well, not a temple, I'm sorry, but a cathedral. Although they call it a church, and I don't know. Was it, it Catholic? Is, it was Catholic. So there's a, there's a, there's a, the cathedral is an other thing. There's a church and then there's a cathedral. What's the difference? Um, and then there's a holy shrine. So there are several different types. Okay, so what, what do you, because like, like, I know like if you're a resort, technically, you have to have a golf course to be a resort, technically. Really? Yes, that's what they say, that you're not a resort, technically. So what makes it, okay. What, and what I'm saying is, what makes a church a cathedral? In Orlando, we have one cathedral that I know of. It's in downtown. It's called St. James Cathedral. And I believe it's sort of, maybe it's like the enemy boss of churches. It's like the... <laughs> like Mario getting to the end of the level is like da na 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 na, and you're fighting the bad guy. It's the bigger, better. It's church. the. It's I don't the, know. <laughs> it's the boss fight. You're saying that this the could, cathedral is the boss fight of churches. So if you're the boss fight, you're a cathedral. Otherwise, you're just a church. Yeah, that's pretty much it. No, I think that you have to have so many churches or parishes or whatever. I don't. I'm not Catholic. My wife's Catholic. She could probably because this particular. But this particular, I mean, it, it's a cathedral. It's, it's uh, and it's, I mean, it's they've got the giant pipe organ. They've got the huge. I mean, it's it's the, it's the enemy pl- boss of Catholic yeah. So I, but yet they don't call it a cathedral. They call it a church. So I've always I wonder what what that what they see. And that's one of the things you could send us. Church is more economical than cathedral. At, at questions, <laughs> questions at at uh, at uh, photoonpodcast dot com. You could explain to us what the difference is, or you know, if only there was a way you could just type that question into some sort of a device and be able to discover that. One in. day, let's get started on that. A man will come along. That and meals in pill form. If we could get that, we would. I, would, I wouldn't mind like the Back to the Future two dehydrated pizzas. You know, the hoverboard. That, the, I want the hoverboard. It, we are in the year that Back to the Future two was supposed to have happened. The future oh. part, twenty fifteen. Oh, really? Yeah. At the, was it August twenty fifteen? I don't remember, but it was this year. That's the year when he goes. When he goes. When to he the goes future. to the future, this is the year. He goes to Biff's casino. It goes to no. That's when he goes back to nineteen eighty five after having been to the future and Biff steals Gray's sports almanac. And goes back and gives it to himself in 1955. And what are the names of the furry creatures in uh, <laughs> the third Star Wars film, Gary? Think about e- Ewoks. You jerk. And where did they live? <laughs> On the forest moon of Endor. Yes. Yeah. Let's be, this let's is be, not a Star Wars. As much as precise. I'd like it to be, this is not a Star Wars Let's podcast. be precise that it is the forest moon. <laughs> The forest moon of Endor, not just not one of the other moons around Endor. In case you've been around Endor and you've checked out some of the other moons, maybe the cul-de-sac of Endor. Oh, it's wow. the forest moon of Endor. Uh, you can't see me, but I'm giving Ray the middle <laughs> finger right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I was a geek until I met you. Thanks, Seriously. buddy. Thanks, Seriously. man. So anyway, I'm shooting in this cathedral, and this is one of those places where you have to sign a rider before you go in of all the stuff you're not allowed to do. 
Okay, you can't come any closer than five rows. You can't come any closer on the sides than this place and this really place. Really, to sign something? Yes. I've shot a lot of weddings and I've gotten the verbal, but I've never had no, to sign. No, I got the signed. You got to sign it. This is the second time I've shot there, and so I sign all the stuff, right? So I get there and I go in, and people aren't kind of just arriving, just barely starting to arrive. So I go and I count five rows up. And I go to that fifth row, and I step inside that row. I don't want anybody to sit there because that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to stand in that fifth row. I'm going to pop out and take my possessional pictures and pop back in. And I'm stand- but I'm standing in the aisle now, and I'm setting up my shot and taking some practice shots. Well, the, the woman who's running the show, Church lady. she gets a little nervous. I found out later from the videographer. He's like, oh, she was, she was saying to me, what's he doing? He knows he can't stand there. He can't stand there. So she comes down, and she gets me, and she's like, since you've never shot here before, the deacon was a little concerned about you know, making sure that you knew where to shoot and everything. And I said, oh, no, I've shot here before. And she's like, oh, well. And then she proceeds to lead me away from the fifth row. She takes me back to like the 10th row and tells me that this is, and I'm like, oh, here? And she says, yes. And I'm like, I, I'm sorry, I, I thought it was the fifth row. She's like, no, it's here. I'm like, okay, fifth row. So I'm fifth row and I'm in my spot. So she goes back, you know, and we're getting ready to get started. We're getting ready to get started. She looks down and sees me and I have my left foot six inches in the aisle because I'm getting ready to pop out and take a picture. She just she gives me the, the wave off, the you need to step, you need to step out of the aisle thing. And I'm like, okay. You're not allowed in the aisle? I'm well, she has told me, you know, pop out and take pictures from this row, but my foot is in the aisle, and this will not stand. <laughs> Draw a line in the sand, Bure. That's right, you know, this will not stand. So I'm like, okay, so I move my foot back in. And then, of course, as soon as the processional starts, I'm, you know, stretching way out into the aisle, bam, pop, pop, a couple more, then I back into the thing. Okay, and it's all said and done. Clearly, you've got a big on-camera flash going, and, you know, you're... I'm, well, yeah, I was, well, no, we were allowed to use flash for the, for the processional, processional, but after that, no, no flash. So then, afterwards, I'm doing the group pictures, and we've got them up, and I, and I check with them. I'm like, okay, where can I go? Where can I not go? She's like, you can go up here. You can't go up the, these... You can go up these steps, but you can't go up those not steps. Not to the altar, right? Right. So I go up those steps. So I'm posing everybody out there. I do all my shots. And now I'm posing my bridal party. And I'm posing them boy, girl, boy, girl. I'm not doing the traditional pose. I'm putting them in little groups, you know, each one its own little group. And I've got them all. But in traditional pose, I do that. And then I say to them, okay, now, guys, I want you to relax a little bit. I want each of you to kind of have a different pose. And you can put your hands in your pockets. And maybe you can bring the flowers up to the shoulder. So I'm going for something that's a little more modern. But I'm not hands over the head. Woohoo! I'm not doing that. It's just a little more modern, what I like to call Vanity Fair posing, the kind of posing that Annie Leibovitz does on the cover of Vanity Fair. Love Annie Leibovitz. She Fair. comes over to me and says, this is exactly the sort of posing we don't want. And I'm posing like, we don't want? Yeah, and I'm like, yes, the kind of picture we don't want. And I, and I, and I, and I go, wait, the, not the bride, the church lady. The church lady. And I go, oh, I go, I'm not having them. They're not going to like woohoo or do anything like that. She goes, no, no, this, we don't want this kind of posing. And let me be honest. And I'm, I'm doing things like, okay, let's turn your left foot out. Let's put that flower to your hip. You, I want you to bring your flower up to your shoulder. You, I want, but they're, but You're not I, doing the ever popular everybody show your bum picture or anything. No, no, no jumping. No, nothing. And I'm like, oh, okay, no problem. Because my rule is, you know, the church says it, you follow the rule. And I'm like, okay, no problem. So afterwards, you know, we're, when we're finished, you know, I say to her because, and I should have just left it alone. Yeah, you should. <laughs> but I wanted, her to, I wanted to make sure she understood I wasn't going to do anything crazy. But I think she had just already decided that I was, I was. She marked you. I was somebody you had to look out for. Yeah, she marked you right off the bat. That I was, I was a troublemaker. You know, meanwhile, the videographer, who's a friend of mine, he is kissing her butt. He is just sucking up to her like crazy. You know, thank you so much for letting us shoot here. And, da, 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 da. and, and I'm, I'm like, too, I'm like, it's beautiful. It's such a privilege to shoot here and everything. 
But let me say this. Walking away from it, I had something in my mind happen that doesn't, ha that doesn't happen very often. It certainly doesn't happen the first couple of years that you're doing this. And that is, for one of the first times, I actually started to say to myself, well, if somehow I burn that bridge, oh well. Whereas before I used to sweat every single interaction with every single vendor, you reach a point where you've got enough business and enough success to where you start to be like, okay, I'm doing my due diligence here. I'm being nice and everything. But if for some reason you've decided you don't like me. It's not worth the heartache. Yeah, I can't, you know, I, there's only so much I can do to, you know. We touched on it before about clients, working with the right clients, you know. Yeah. And it's the same thing. It's If somebody's going to just, one of the reasons we shoot 10 to 15 weddings, not a ton. Is be, we don't want to be only wedding photographers because there's so much of that associated in the wedding industry. It, you know, I, I I don't want to be rude here, but butt kissing. There's a lot of butt oh kissing gosh, that goes just, on. Yeah. And and I just I just drives me nuts. I'm I'm the type of person where I have to say what I'm thinking, and you know if you don't like it, who cares? But then when you're working, obviously you always peel that back in. You always got to have professionalism. But no matter what you do with some people. There's just, yes. it's never going to be good enough. No, it's never going to be enough. But she looked at you and she made up her mind right off the bat that you were going to be the focus of her tension that day. Yes. that's Oh, that's a great way of putting it. She she has got to, I feel like she she feels like she's a watchdog. And if there's nobody to bark at, then she's not doing her job. You know what? It's like that scene in The Three Amigos. Remember that movie with the Chevy yeah. Chase where uh, it's the, the bad guy, El Guapo, and he's He's being mean to his first guy, Hefe. Would you say that I have a plethora? <laughs> and Hefe goes, El Guabo, uh, do you think this is going to be one of those times where you are mad about something else and you're taking it out on poor Hefe? <laughs> <laughs> would, you say, would you say that I have a plethora of piñatas? Sí, El Guabo. Sí. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it was, you know? A lot of times it's like that with people. And walking away, I, was just, I just had that feeling, and I was tense about it. Walking away, I'm like, oh, oh no, you know? I, I, I was like... Oh no! Now I'm not going to get to shoot her anymore. They're not going to like me. And then a second later, I was like, "Okay, I haven't. I've managed to have a successful business without shooting here that much. And if that happens twice, you said, yeah, I've shot, and, and you know, I've shot there twice in five years. And and if that happens, okay. I think as long as you're polite, there's yeah. never any reason to get. It's into a shame. It with somebody. And I have that happen with I have that happen with planners a lot. I try to be very nice to the planners, and that's the whole topic for another show. Oh, but I try to be very nice to the plan. Yeah, we don't want to be too wedding focused yeah. as a podcast, but it is in, in all areas of your photography business. You, you, if you're a professional, you don't want to burn bridges, but it is really nice to get to that point where you can walk away from something politely yes. and professionally and say, I'm okay that I don't do that. And I think for all of us, one of the reasons we become photographers that we start our own business is that, we don't want to go into an office and sit in a cubicle right. and file TPS reports and take crap from somebody who, you know, is five years younger than you and just finished college or whatever. I mean, one of those, one of those things is one of those ultimate goals is freedom. We want financial freedom. We want freedom to create. We want freedom to, to live and die under our own steam. And that's the entrepreneurial spirit. And that's a huge, huge uh, milestone. Uh, that you mentioned is to get to a point where you don't have to take every client because you can take the work that you want to do. And I, and that's, that's phenomenal. And we're not always at that point, but it is a great place to be. Do you think also that there is some uh, reverse value in, 
and I don't mean that you're, you know, that you're an a-hole. But I am. I don't. No, I don't mean you personally. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, but, but, but sometimes there, sometimes you get a little bit of respect from people when you are the guy who doesn't seem to really be too concerned about what they think of you. It, 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 in business, anyway. Absolutely. It will say to them, "That guy doesn't seem to be. He's not kissing my butt." Which means he must feel he doesn't need to kiss my butt, which means he must be doing okay, which means he must be know what he's doing, which means he must maybe he's a guy I want to use. Absolutely perfect. I got a perfect example of that. And this works with sales. This works with acquiring new clients. It, in fact, let's just say it works in life. Right. Because um, if you project confidence. Yeah. You know, fake, and if you don't have it, fake it. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Because as creatives, we find that not, we're not all the time as savvy business people. And some of us, I know plenty of photographers that are amazing, but they're not, they struggle with their business aspect, you know. But um, we were actually in a sale. We did a senior portrait, and we do in-person sales, which is one thing we're going to talk about later on is, is how, how we're doing sales and how other people are doing them. But we had them in, and it was a high school senior and her mom and her dad. And we showed them the images, slideshow set to music, the whole nine yards. And then, you know, it comes to the ordering part. And the dad points to, uh, I, I think it was a 16 by 20 canvas or something on the wall. And he goes, that's really nice. How much is that? And I honestly forget, this is probably in 2009. I forget what our prices were at the time. But let's say it was 400 bucks. And I said, okay, well, that's 400 bucks. And he goes, wow, are you kidding me? And here's the thing. This is a guy who was, let's just say the guy's loaded. Right. Like right. Lo beyond loaded. Right. You know, Um and not to say that he should just give me money, but, but you know, still. he goes $400, and I go, well, you know, sir, um, I could sell you the wood and the canvas and the ink that I used to make that for about $12, but it's not going to have my work on it. Right. And he spent like 2000 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Because there's a certain type of person that has to challenge you. Yes. And yeah, it they, doesn't yeah. mean they're a bad person. But they, need, the, you, they need you to make it clear... Right. You have to, and you know what? If somebody's going to spend a bunch of money with you, it's okay for them to sort of check you a little bit and go, why am I spending all this money? Well, when I'm in a store, it's like, this is the worst thing you can say to me. Well, because that's the policy. You're like, you know, you go to return something or you try to, and you go, oh, you can't do that. Why not? Well, that's the policy. No, you didn't answer my question. I want you to tell me why that's the policy. And if you give me a good reason, I'm going to go, oh, thank you. That makes sense. And I agree with you. But if you're just going to say, because that's the policy, it's like saying, well, because that's the price. That's not enough. Yeah. Just, justify it just a little bit. Just a little. You don't have to go crazy. Absolutely. I want to understand. This is my, Why the is this way, TV more than this, this TV? Yeah. Just give me, give me, just in, give me some. magic fairies turning the cranks inside. I need, I need something to, I need, and, and your clients certainly need a reason to justify why they're going to spend that money with you. And this is something I talk about at my uh, program at Imaging USA. Uh, that is uh, album sales and wedding album sales and people who say, oh, well, you know, they're so expensive. And they're not expensive if you know how to sell them, if you can justify the expense and justify the cost. And they're totally justifiable if you simply know what to say. Well, anything's justifiable. I mean, think about how much uh, the first person paid for the first DVD player. Wow. And how much they cost now. You know what I mean? But, you know, here's the thing. You can look at it. Everybody's got something that they'll spend a ridiculous amount of money on. That doesn't seem valuable. That to everyone else, else thinks is stupid. For example, that dad in that sales session, I happen to know that he has his own wing of the house with a pool table and large screen TVs and all right. these antique posters that he bought from all these different sporting events and stuff. And I could have gone like, how much was your pool table? Right. Like, do your wife and daughter uh, ever enjoy that pool table? 
no, not so much. They're like, well, sir, you know, I didn't say this, but this right. is, well, this is, the, this is the, the concept behind it. How, uh, this is their pool table. This is their big screen TV. This is their antique, you know, sports posters. You know, because if you can put it into terms that someone will understand, you, there is a justification that goes into spending a lot of money. And some of us as photographers are higher volume, lower price, and some are lower volume, higher price. But at the end of the day, no matter what you're charging, there are going to be people that are going to want to know why you're charging. Right. And it's okay for them to ask. I don't think, I'm not one of those people that gets offended when somebody asks. No. No. Well, neither one of us gets offended when anyone asks us because it gives us a chance to talk. <laughs> but, but I think it's a good idea to have an answer ready. Absolutely. If, you, if you've got an answer ready, no matter, no matter what kind of photography you do or any kind of business, really, if you've got an answer ready, it makes it easy. I, had to, I was buying a TV. It was my first big screen TV. And this was back when it was a projection TV. So it was one of those huge boxes. Remember this, you know, back when before we had widescreen? Oh, yeah. It was still a huge box. I've helped friends throw a couple of those in the dumpster. Before. There you go. And I was buying my first one. And, and they were like, okay, we're going to deliver it. It's going to be like four days or whatever. And I was like, oh, I really wish I could get it tomorrow. And the kid that was selling it to me said, well, I actually have a delivery service myself. And we can deliver it for you tomorrow. And I said, really, how much is it? And he said, it's, I don't remember what it was, but I thought it was too much. It was like, I don't know, 200 bucks or something like that. And I go, wow, that's expensive. And he goes, I offer a premium service. I charge a premium price. And that was all he said. And it almost shamed me. When he said yeah. it, I, I was just like, oh, okay. And he didn't apologize for it. He didn't act like, you know, like, oh, yeah, there's kind of, he, no, he just goes, I charge, I, I, here is, I offer a premium service. I charge a premium price. And I'm like, okay. Now, I didn't use him, but at the same time, I thought when he did it, I thought that's a guy who's, I don't know if ambition is the word, but I thought that's a kid who's going to go somewhere. He's got some balls. I'm saying, yeah, Absolutely. he's not, he is not afraid to say, this is what I do and this is what I charge and I'm worth it. You know, what drives me nuts is, uh, is people don't, uh, is people don't know what to price things. And there's a certain, and there's a certain amount of artist guilt sometimes as a photographer. Oh, there's a ton of artist guilt. Work, there's right? a ton of artist guilt. Here's the thing. But when people complain about prices, the same person that will sit there and want me to justify selling my work that I've spent a decade learning how to do. Right. And they'll go to the movie theater and pay $6 for a Coke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and never even question it. The yeah. same Coke that would be 69 cents at the Wawa or the racetrack gas station. Yeah. And they'll pay $6 for it. And, eh, you know, nah, nah, big deal. No big deal. It's the same Coke. It's this, you know what I mean? I just, uh, it's all relative how you present yourself and setting those client expectations, but you are always going to be dealing with a certain amount of bounce back. And like you said, it's incredibly important to have answers ready for stuff like that. Here's what drives me nuts. Doesn't drive me nuts. But along that same, what you just said about the Coke, but this is in the opposite direction is, uh, I love it when I'm looking for a new game or something, a new app, a little game. I'm looking for a game to play on my phone or my tablet, right? So I'm checking out this game and I'm reading the reviews. And the, and the people are reviewing it, and they're like, oh, you know, it was okay, it was really fun, but it was only, you know, I only, only got like 10 to 15 hours out of it, you know, which I would have expected more, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And this is a game that sells for 99 cents. Or free. Or, yeah, or free. <laughs> and it's 99 cents, and they're complaining because they didn't feel they got enough value when they got 15 hours of entertainment out of a dollar. And meanwhile, they go to the movie theater, and it's nine, yeah, $9 for an hour and a half. 12, where I live. Yeah, or you go to play golf, and it's you know, 45, 50 bucks for a round of golf is four hours. You know, and, and I always find it funny how people don't ever associate the same value for time things to other things that they do to some things. Software, interactive apps are one of those things just because now 
especially with the Google business model, everybody's used to things being free. Yeah. It's even if it's five bucks, some people don't, people don't want to pay for it a lot of the time. Yeah. I like paying for stuff. I, I, I do not like free apps. I like the, I, because if $2, $3, I got to, I got everything $3 will buy. $3 isn't going to hurt me. And I would rather just pay the $3 and know that this guy who built this is making, making some money and maybe making a living after building this thing that I like or I enjoy than do the whole, oh, I want the free one that's going to be, you know, ads every two seconds. And You're a damn saint. You know, I, supporting well, small business. <laughs> I'm the guy, I'm the guy that if I go and download something and use it and I use it, and I don't have to use it much. If they've got a thing, you know, do you want to donate? Yeah, I will donate five bucks to the guy because I am an independent businessman and I know how hard it is to make a living. And I know they're trying to make a living. You know WinZip on your computer? Yeah. Yeah. I actually bought WinZip. Shut your face. I am the only guy. I am the <laughs> you only are guy. the literally the only one that's ever paid I'm for The WinZip. only guy in America <laughs> that actually paid for win. Holy cow. Because I, you heard it here, folks. I have been you using, met the guy. I've been using it for like 10 years. And then finally I was like, I'm just going to buy it because my God, I've been using it for 10 years. They've got nothing from me. Yeah. So let me go ahead and buy it. And now I have a paid for version of Windsor. Well, uh, that's very touching. Yeah. And now we all know what a great guy you are, but I think it's time for us to give back. And let's, let's take one of these questions. All right. That people questions it is. What do you got? This one is really cool. I'm excited about this one. This is from Jamie in California who uh, wrote to us. And she had a really cool question that I liked a lot. And it was, um, she wants us to answer a question or give examples of fails that turned out where we learned something. Huge fails that we did in our photography businesses that turned out to be teaching moments for us. Well, easy for you. Not so easy for me. Because <laughs> it's hard to find time you failed. I've never really failed. <laughs> now you failed at failing. There you go. The, the... <laughs> Have you ever have you ever run into somebody who does that? You know, you know, one, one, that's like when somebody goes, the hardest thing about being this attractive is <laughs> <laughs> nobody takes you seriously. Nobody nobody takes me seriously when you're this attractive. You don't know how tough it is. Being thin sucks. Oh god. Yeah, yeah. I'm having such a hard time relating to you. But okay, yeah. we'll we'll start with you. Can you give us an, give me an example of of some place where you failed and it was a huge learning experience? Well, you know, there is a lot in the beginning. I mean, I could think of things that I screwed up for days and days yeah, and days. Sure. But stuff that I really learned, that things that stuck with me, one of the first things, and thank God I learned this early on, is when we first started our photography business and we were getting into doing a lot of the headshots with actors, I went out on our very first paid session for a client when yeah. we started our business. And I, it was a headshot session on location, mind you. And I took 900 pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Can I've you done imagine? that. Nine hundred? Not no, not a joke. Not wait, a wait, 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 wait. One headshot session. Yes, nine hundred. <laughs> what are they getting? What are they getting from this? How? What? What, what will you deliver? I don't remember what we did at the time, but it was essentially an online gallery and a certain number of high res files. Was there flash involved? Um, there were because I'm serious. Nine hundred images. That's like a that's like a battery change. Uh, no, I believe it was uh, all natural light. Okay, because then you you can your rapid fire machine gunning. Then I'm guessing. I I I don't think I've actually ever shot on on a rapid fire. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean. You're like pop pop pop. It's yeah, nine hundred because it was like pop, pop, pop 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 pop. You didn't do nine hundred setups. You rather oh. it was pop 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 all no. the time. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then you got home and it was like 10, twenty pictures in a row that basically are identical. Yes. Okay. Yes. And that's the biggest thing that I learned from that is that. Time is money. Time has value. And your time, as a photographer, your time has value. It adds, don't forget to account for that in what you charge because, I mean, I think we must have charged 200 bucks for the session. Right. And when I got back and I had to sift through all those images, I mean, I probably spent three or four hours just editing right. images and most of it was just deleting duplicates. Right. 
and I and this has stuck with me so strongly throughout my business is <laughs> take as few pictures as you possibly can not because not just because it saves you time later but because if you learn to take fewer pictures and make them really count if you have let's say look at a family portrait or you're doing a mini session or whatever if you've got 20 minutes with someone you shouldn't take 100 pictures if in in 20 minutes if you can take eight awesome pictures right. you're going to have as good or better of a sale with that client than if you take and then if you show them a hundred pictures and right. you know not only are you going to save time you're going to learn to shoot more economically you're going to learn to shoot better less and i love that and i do that with all of our portraits the only thing that i found that i still have a hard time shooting very few images is when you're shooting small children well, they're running around and you just got to when i'm shooting kids that are young older than one and younger than four between one and four it's almost impossible not to take a lot of pictures so you're a big proponent of uh show less sell more absolutely okay. i found uh, that over and over and over again and never show a duplicate you take the best picture one set up and you show that one but that was the beginning of learning to understand that my time is the most valuable resource and my wife's time working in our business is that is creating systems to save you time. Time is everything. You can turn a, a stinker of a business into something that's actually breaking even or actually turning a profit just by managing your time better. You could be failing at your photography business and it's possible that the only thing you're doing wrong is spending too much time doing everything. Right, right. Yeah. I, I've known those people. And that's, that was huge. And that was, I mean, and I, it took me more than that, just that one session, but I learned pretty early on and that's been being light on our feet fast and time efficient has made our business work. Yeah, in weddings, you get the same thing. I, I found that doing in-person viewing after the wedding, where they come in and see the entire wedding in your presence, you're going through the pictures and you're showing them the pictures and you'll find yourself, a picture will come up and you'll just kind of want to click past it because you're like, oh yeah, okay, click past that. Uh, and when you find yourself doing that a lot, that's when you realize I'm showing too many images. There shouldn't be this many dead images because you will also get, you will get it, count on it, you will get the bride who thinks you didn't do a good job because you gave her too many duds because they water down Absolutely. the they water down the entire batch. when you shoot everybody takes crappy pictures at a wedding yeah everybody but they water down the entire batch she's there's one great picture of her and then there's four others that aren't so great and you included them and they will water down the one good picture she thinks now that she didn't get her money's worth because you gave her so many bad pictures Absolutely, 100%. yeah absolutely so um that's great yeah 900 pictures? Really? I just can't get over 900. <laughs> All right, enough. How about your failure? How about we I mean, that's not an exaggeration number. I mean, you're exaggeration. literally it was 900. Not a hand of God. Not an exaggeration. From a headshot. From a headshot session. It was an actual headshot session. It was Above a the way. It was just a 90-minute session, to be fair. Oh, well, 900. Oh, still a lot. Still. <laughs> 900. I know. I know. That's like a card change. Yeah, that's a wedding. Yeah, you can shoot no. a, easily shoot a wedding in nine hundred yeah. images, you know. And you think that the old uh, the old school photographers, the guys who shot film, this is something they don't have a problem with because yeah. they were used to they had to economize. They were paying for the film. Yeah, how many shots on a roll of medium format? Yeah, who twenty four thirty six? Yeah, you don't even know you're so young. There were 12, 12 exposures. Hey, 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 hey! You don't hey. even know how many how many it was 12, 24, 36. I do know that I changed medium format backs. I, my first job was working in my parents' studio. And I shot, a, uh, not shot, I was my dad's assistant on my first wedding when I was 11. Wow. And I had to carry his bags 
That was my job, and he paid me five dollars. That's illegal. Yes, yes, and I had I had my nine year old daughter assist me on a portrait shoot one time, and that's why I paid her five bucks. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. Okay, my mistake. Um, well, this is a little bit. I think a little bit uh, wedding centric, but but that's okay. And that would be the time that I got the phone call after the wedding images had been delivered from the mother of the groom. I want to say was it the mother of the groom? No, I think it was no the mother of the bride. Uh, <clears throat> she loved Jesus, but she'd had a bit to drink. And um, <laughs> I love that. that's from that's from Ellen DeGeneres' show. She had a woman on the show, uh, and she had had a bit to drink. Can we just pause and? You watch Ellen a lot? No, but I've seen that. Sk- okay, I've okay, seen that bit. Mind. But I love Ellen DeGeneres. Don't give me hey, Ellen DeGeneres. One of the few stand-ups I saw. A lot. Her stand-ups are great. She's unbelievably hilarious. Uh, anyway, um, I love Ellen, but um, she was a little bit uh, in her cups, and she called to tell me that she was upset because there weren't enough pictures of her. There were not enough pictures of her from the wedding. The mother of the, the bride. mother of the bride. And what had happened was when I when I now the bride and groom were happy, and he had to come pick up their album, and when he did, he apologized to me for her. You know, he's like, we love the pictures, and or I'm sorry about that. I don't know what her problem was. But what had happened was, when I go to do the getting ready pictures, it was in a condo upstairs down. And what I didn't know was that the mother of the bride was upstairs, and I didn't know it. So I'm shooting downstairs, and the dad is down there, and I'm shooting all that, blah, blah, blah. And at the last minute, as I'm about to go out the door, she comes walking down from upstairs already. And I'm like, okay, right. But I tell her, okay, we're heading over to the side on the beach. And I tell her, don't go and get your seat until I get there. I want to get a picture of you coming down the aisle or whatever. You know, t- you know okay. What she does. So I get there. I, she's already in position. She's already sat. So I don't get a picture of her coming down the aisle. So I shoot the wedding. So then at the wedding, there is no mother of the bride dance. Mother of the groom dances yeah. with him, but no mother of the bride dance. And then at some point during the wedding, I had actually said to the groom, I set up an off-camera light at one point uh, over in a corner. I said, hey, if there's any portraits you want to do, I got a light set up, you know, because it was one of those things where... We were at the point in the wedding where nothing was happening. I'd been there for a few hours, and I'm like, "What else can I do?" Well, I'll set up a light and, and practice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, and so I said, "Is there anybody you want to take any portraits with? Let's pull them over." Blah blah blah. She didn't come for that. They didn't come for that. Well, now she's upset because. And the lesson I learned, and this especially holds true for bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, if you do those, is how important mom is. You know, they always say the most important thing in a wedding is make sure the bride looks good, and number two is. Make sure you get enough pictures of mom because mom will influence your sale. Mom will influence whether or not they like you. It's mom who will whisper in their ear. Make mom happy. If mom's happy, everybody's happy. Bride is number one, but mom is number two. Every type of photography. Yeah. Family portraits, uh, senior pictures when the mom's not even in them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But give her what she wants. Absolutely. You're thinking it's all about, I want to make sure, I want to have the connection with the kid. I want to make sure, yes, you do, but you better make mom happy. Yeah, and if if your mom brings her kid into your studio for a, a, a portrait session, and mom makes a dumb suggestion, you freaking do it. Yeah, <laughs> my question is, my lie. my question is, okay, do you yeah do you do you show him the dumb suggestion even if you didn't pull it off right? Um, I, I don't remember ever not pulling anything off. Though. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean we have stuff all the time where at weddings, portraits, whatever. Um, I call it like, can you insert dumb idea here? Right. You know and. Right. Taking those moments, that could be where a photographer could just phone it in, just shoot it just so mom gets out of your right. ear. You can turn those into a, an opportunity to, to shine. You can do it, even if it sounds like a dumb suggestion, you can do it your way. You don't have to do it, you know, think around it and find a way to, to do that thing that they're asking to do, but do it in your own way. 
And that way you can live with it as an artist and you can also satisfy your client because you might show that you might blow their mind. You know, there's a picture right. that that, uh, you know, I, I keep it's been on my website for a while and it's a wedding I shot ages ago. This is one of my big fails, by the way, I can tie this into a fail story. I got to this wedding. And I was shooting it down in South Florida, beautiful couple, beautiful location, beautiful day. And I had just gotten the 5D Mark III, I think, previously. Um, and I forget what, uh, I, I think I just got the 5D II because it was that long ago. And the um, I left the batteries charging back in my office. Oh. The only battery I had was the one battery in the camera. Was it full? Three quarters. I had one battery to shoot this whole wedding with. So I Wait, got on- I'm starting to hyperventilate. Wait. <laughs> Can you get me a bag? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, three quarters full battery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So went- How much time? How much time are you with them? How much time are you there? It was, it was an eight-hour wedding. <laughs> okay, wait. <laughs> so immediately I started- Was there, like, was there a, Ritz, a Ritz camera nearby? Was there like, a Ritz camera or some sort of a camera store someplace nearby? Did you have an assistant with you or somebody with a car? I had an assistant. Somebody you could maybe- <sighs> Okay, great. Just take, can we just take a pause? Yeah. Already, I would, I, I'm just saying, I would be- Oh, oh yeah. I, uh, I, you know that moment where you can literally feel yourself start to sweat like you just get cold? Yeah. Yeah. That was it. And then, so this was, long story short, I Googled how many frames I was going to get out of my battery. I would never have thought to do that. But you wanted a running count. What can I do to conserve battery and how many actuations I can get out of one battery? And I I came up with a number of about, if I was really conservative, if I didn't chimp, I basically like shut the LCD screen preview off completely. And um, 500. Okay. I shoot an eight-hour wedding in 500 frames. Okay. No chimping. Okay. I, you should get more than that, but okay. What's that? I'm, I'm saying I get at least 1,000 frames. With three-quarter, these lithium-ion batteries. Oh, I'm sorry, you're three-quarter. Once I'm they sorry. go down three-quarter. My apologies. Thanks. You're at, you're at 300. <laughs> All right, go ahead. So I basically, long story short, I shot the best wedding of my life. Yes, shooting 500 frames. Shooting fi- and I tell you, and I still probably, wow, that's great. I probably still haven't done anything that is far and away better. I've had better moments, and I've had weddings that I liked shooting more, but as far as what, what I feel like I did in that moment, and it was a fail, but I did pull it off. It could have gone very badly. I don't recommend testing yourself in that. No, way. that's not the way you want to, you don't want to <laughs> test yourself by, you know, tying a hand behind your back, but still, it's a great, that's a great analogy that I, I can't, you know, I mean, it was a huge lesson for you. Right. Oh, I learned a lot. Like, um, let my wife put the gear together before we leave. Right, no, having, having a gear checklist that you yeah. literally go down and say, yes, I've got everything. See, now I don't have a gear checklist because what I did to prevent having a gear checklist is that my camera bag is large enough to basically hold a body. And I have every piece of gear and equipment I own in that bag at all times. So I own everything I own is there. I've got everything, and people make fun of me because I, you carry a Pelican case, and your Pelican case, and another Pelican case would fit inside my Pelican case. I carry a giant Pelican case. You got a coffin. Yeah, I do. I really do. It's huge, but I have the peace of mind of knowing that I've got three batteries in there, and I've got, you know, I've got everything in there. And and for me, the pain in the butt of carrying that sucker in and out of the venue is overridden by the peace of mind of knowing that I've got two tripods for the camera lights, you know, in case one breaks. I've got three umbrellas. You know, I've got everything. What I was just thinking about was very, you were talking about when someone asks you to do something you don't want to do and put your spin on it. And um, has this ever happened to you? Because it happened to me literally just this last Saturday. Shooting a wedding. <clears throat> this, was a, this was a Pinterest bride. This is a scrapbooker. This is somebody who has a 
a long list of shots that she wants. Okay, she's bringing her own props. Okay, she's got a lot of stuff she wants. That's every wedding photographer's favorite thing. So it's going to be one of those days, okay? Now, where we're shooting, they happen to have some canoes. And she wants a shot in the canoe. Now, we're about, oh, I want to say an hour and a half away from sunset. And you know in Florida, an hour and a half away from sunset, you're still in some pretty hot sun. Yeah. Especially because you've got the bay or, or the ocean where the sun's going down, so you've got nothing to break it. And she wants a shot in the canoe. Now, we're looking at this muddy path going down to the canoe, and I have yet to shoot the bridal portraits. And she wants to go down this mud hole path and get in this canoe, have my, one of my guys, uh, who's there setting up the wedding for my wife, drag the canoe out at shallow water, and I'm going to shoot them in the canoe. And I am doing everything I can to discourage it. I'm saying, okay, first of all, it's going to be silhouette. And I had cancer. Yes, and I had cancer. <laughs> you know I had cancer. see episode two. <laughs> And every episode forthwith where I will mention that I once had cancer. So I'm, I'm like, okay, you know, you're going to be silhouetted. I'm not going to be able to see your faces because I can't light you. And I'm damn sure not carrying a light out there, you know, because I still have five hour wedding. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go knee deep with a, you know, nor, nor is my assistant because this shot is not vital. And it's not, you know, so I'm, I don't say that, but I'm trying to discourage her. I'm like, you know, you know what? You're just going to be silhouetted. Yes, but, uh, but I want this picture. You know you're going to walk down this muddy path. Now you're going to trash your dress, and I haven't shot the things. I'll hold up my dress. Uh, meanwhile, the groom is trying to talk her out of it. He don't want to get in the damn boat, right? He, he really doesn't, okay? So everyone's trying to talk her out of it, but it immediately became apparent she wanted this picture. Yes, and, and, and I said, so if it ruins your bridal portraits because your dress is ruined, so be it. And she said, yeah, okay. And once, you've, once, you've, once I've cleared that with you, you've signed off on that waiver, then I'm here for you 100%. I just don't want you coming back later upset because your dress is muddy, you know, blah, blah. And she said the famous thing, well, you could clean it up in Photoshop. No, I can't. No, I'm not going to spend an hour cleaning up every dress picture for you because you, because you didn't listen to me when I told you not to walk into the mud. So, um, so I said, okay. So she goes, she gets in the canoe. Ron hauls her little canoe out, you know, the sun is high. I take a knee in the mud because I will take a knee in the mud. That's why I'm not wearing nice dress pants to a wedding is because, you know, that's why I'm wearing the, what do they call the dickies? Because I, because I, I, well, I don't want to not get a shot because I'm worried about ruining my pants. So I wear black dickies with, with the big pockets, you know, on them. And, and I know maybe you dress in a tuxedo when you shoot a wedding. I don't know. Or you dress, you know, I know you wear, you wear a sports jacket, don't you? Of always. Yeah, see, I don't wear a sports jacket. I wear a black button down with my. I'm not working on the beach most of the time. Yeah, that, well, there's that too. Uh, so she goes and they haul her out there and I'm like, let me get down as low so I can try and get the sun behind them at least, you know, and blah, 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 blah. And I get this stupid shot that she wants and I shoot the shot and I look at the back of the LCD and I chimp it. Oh my God, that's a good shot. Oh, I can't. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Newman. I can't, you know, I was just, oh, it's, and it's a good shot. And, and, I, and suddenly I'm like, she was right. She was right. I, you know, she, mom had an idea and it was right. And so every once in a while, you know. Collaborating with your clients, just because you're the artist. I, I like to say that sometimes creativity is recognizing it in other people and using it. Sure. Just, you, just because you didn't think of it, it doesn't mean it, it can't be good. So learn to collaborate. Perfect example. I, and it's not the first time that it's happened that somebody has said, what if we did this? And I was like, okay, this will be silly. And then once they start doing it, you're like, wait, oh, wait a minute. What if you, and you see something there and you can twist it or tweak it and suddenly it becomes something really, really good. Yeah. Well, like the, the wedding I was telling you about, the, we get to the country club. I'm still, I've got like 150 shots left to go. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> the whole wedding. You got the whole reception. You got 150 uh, shots. 
And so the, the bride's sister got married at the same place the year before. And she says, hey, down in the ladies' locker room, if you ever shot a wedding at a golf club, you know, there's a, you go downstairs and there's a locker room sometimes. She says, down the ladies' locker room, there's this blue couch. And she's like, I really love that couch. Can you take my picture on the couch? My sister had a picture on the couch from her wedding, and I loved it. Can you take my picture on the couch? So I go down there, and of course, it's under the building, and it's overhead. Just, just short up, worst possible scenario. Every possible thing you could think of to make a bad picture. And yeah. so the, uh, you know, the bride just was, lo was loving it. She goes, oh, this couch. And it was kind of a cool couch, but I guess it was okay. And so I immediately just started to get, like, I don't want to do this stupid thing. And my impulse was to pop a flash on the camera and just shoot it so she has it, sit her on the couch, and then go back up to my real job, which is shooting Inception. Right, right. So I immediately, something sort of came over me, and I said, you know what, I'm, this is the first time I ever had this thought. I was like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do it awesome. So I basically, I turned off all the lights downstairs, so it was pitch black, and I lit her with a flashlight. My assistant held it from the side, and I had her lay back on the couch with her back arched and leaning back into the flashlight and blah, blah, blah. Turned out to be one of my favorite shots I've ever taken in my whole life. Because where every other time in my life I had just phoned it in, once I stepped up and I said, I'm going to do something this time. And I, and I showed her the picture and she bawled. And it was, it, was, it was an amazing moment. And then I started to take that to all my weddings now. And I've had the stupidest requests, as many of us have, from portrait clients, from wedding clients, and instead of my first thought being, there's no way that piece of crap is going to turn out. Right, right. Train myself now against my very nature for my first thought to be, how can I make this awesome? How right. can I make a difference? The, an the answer is yes. What's the question? It's made all the difference. All right. All right. And I think that wraps us up for today. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. If you have questions for us, uh, shoot us a question. The uh, email address is questions at photobombpodcast.com. The website is photobombpodcast.com. My website is com, spelled exactly the way that it sounds. <laughs> and your website is? usefioretti.com. If you type it into Google and you mess it up, you'll still find it. Oh, there you go. He's all over Google. And uh, we'll see you next time. Keep clicking. And shoot well. 